We're starting a, a new um, series of thought um, on Wednesday nights, beginning tonight. Um, the series of thought has this kind of title over them, Life Choices That Every Believer Should Practice. Life Choices That Every Believer Should Practice. Um, there are so many things that we're going to talk about. I would encourage you. You don't want to miss any of this. Um, if you do happen to miss, make sure you get online and check these out. Here's some of the titles. Tonight we're talking about authentic faith and sharing that faith. Um, next week we're talking about the importance of devotions and prayer. Um, the next week we're talking about moral boundaries, healthy relationships, wise choices, understanding authority, um, putting others first. All of those kinds of things will be subjects that we talk about in the next um, several weeks. And so you don't want to miss. It's going to be an awesome time as, as we research this uh, together. Tonight, as I said, we're talking about authentic faith. And then the part B of that tonight will be sharing that faith. Um, if you have a copy of the scripture, um, we're going to go to a couple different verses here. We've got four that we're going to head to tonight. Now, just to, just to preface this, these are four that I've kind of picked out tonight, but there are a multitude of other scriptures that talk about faith in Christ. Um, we would be here the whole time, literally, if, if I pulled out every scripture that dealt with putting your faith in Christ. Um, that's, a, that's a constant theme that's throughout the scripture. And so tonight, I, I just pulled out a few. We're going to go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Because we're going to hit a couple of these kind of thought processes as we look at this idea of authentic uh, faith. Proverbs chapter 3. Most of you or some of you may be able to quote this uh, verbatim. Maybe this is a passage of scripture you have memorized. It is Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. That idea of trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. Um, again, turn with me, if you would, please, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, it's on page 1,309 in my Bible. <laughs> 1,309 in my Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, read verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about, we, about what we do not see. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You know, we've been instructed in this, in this word. There's, there's a, if you went on to read in, in chapter um, 11 of Hebrews, you would come across the, the verse of Scripture that says this, um, without faith, it's, impossible to please God. Um, and so this idea of faith is a, an important thing. We've been instructed in Scripture that we live by faith, not by sight. There are things that, uh, that 
we can't always see, but we have to live by the assurance to know that God has our best interest at heart. That idea of living by faith, what does that mean and what does that look like today? What exactly is faith? What exactly is faith? You can give me the scriptural answer, which we just read. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But what does that mean to you? Let me ask you this. And, and I know I'm, to be honest, I know that I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but the, the thought process hit me today as, as we were studying this. Does your amount of faith determine whether or not God answers your prayer? Does your faith waver or go down the tubes when God doesn't answer the way you wanted him to? You know, there are a lot of people today that that's the case. That if God doesn't answer and he doesn't come through the way that they think he should, or if, if that prayer that they prayed doesn't get answered the way that they thought, and then what tends to happen is their faith begins to waver. Their faith begins to go um, down the tube, so to speak. I think one of the contributing factors to the fact that people whose faith wavers or um, whose faith um, is abandoned in, in times when God doesn't do what they think he should do is a contributing factor is a lack of personal growth, a, a lack of, of uh, spiritual Christian maturity, um, and uh, a, a lack of really what we're going to even talk about in weeks ahead, spiritual discipline, um, that it's all, all of our, our things are circumstantial. We've been misinformed, I think. Um, I think we've been mis, and we have misunderstood what faith in God really looks like. Um, confusion in the Christian community has this kind of mindset that faith is this mystic power or, or this um, kind of force, if you will, um, that exists, something that we can turn on when we need it, if we only can find the right switch. Um, and and um, it, it's because of that confusion that I think we have a difficulty completely living out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, leaning not to our own understanding, but in all of my ways, everything, even if I don't comprehend, even if it doesn't fit my, in, in the puzzle of my life, God has a different picture. And he needs to be able to have the freedom to paint that picture that he wants in me. And, and I think that uh, because of this confusion, we have difficulty not only trusting God with our faith, but we have difficulty trusting God in every area of our life, um, whether that be um, with our family, with our finances, whatever. And, and also, I think that's why some people are very unsure of their salvation. Some people are very unsure of their walk with God. And so, and believe me, I'm not opposed to going to conferences and camps and conventions and all that stuff, but what we tend to do is we run to hear this person, or we run to hear this person, or we run to hear this person with the hope that they'll lead us to the right switch that will direct us to having faith. 
When faith is not so much about a service or a meeting, faith is about something that triggers inside of us that says, listen, it doesn't matter what happens to me, whether even though they slay me, as Job said, yet will I trust him. Even if it costs me everything, my faith is not going to waver because my faith is not based on my circumstances. It's not based on what I do. Um, you, you know, there are probably people that you know who used to go to church, used to be Christians, but they're not anymore. You know, there are many factors that probably play into that, but there are two that I found in, in my thought process and, and in doing some study that uh, I think are most common. Number one is poor choices. Poor choices. When we veer off course morally, relationally, ethically, we're confronted with this huge tidal wave of guilt. And there's only two ways to get rid of guilt. Ask for forgiveness and then change your behavior. Those are the two ways you get rid of guilt. Um, But many... Christians believe they decided to trade in their faith for a more convenient lifestyle. Um, In the parable of the seeds, this would be the shallow root faith. It would be faith that's rooted in the present and what worked for them at the time. Because it's poor choices. They want to live how they want to live. God shouldn't tell me how I should live. I want to live how I want to live. The second one is this, and it's, it's unexplainable tragedy. <clears throat> Circumstances that don't fit our mindset and understanding of the character of God. Usually those um, go something like this. How could a good God allow this to happen? Why didn't he stop it? Now, I'm sure all of us at some point in our life has faced some kind of tragedy. We face some kind of um, circumstance that, uh, whether that be um, a death, whether that be um, a severed relationship, whatever the case, all of us at some point in our life have experienced some kind of tragedy. And I'm not going to sit here and say that we're holier than thou and that at some points we don't go to God and ask why. That wouldn't be realistic. I've had those conversations with God. I can tell you to take you to the room at Central Bible College, the prayer room, where I had a really deep, wide conversation with God. I didn't really get the answer I was wanting, but that didn't matter. It was an opportunity where God said, listen, it's because I said so, <laughs> basically. Those things that come into our life that cause us to doubt or lose faith in him but the root of the question is the same the root of this issue is the same as the first one of poor choices we want to live life in the present what's happening now what i'm feeling now determines what i believe for now instead of having a faith that's committed and grounded in god As long as faith is grounded in the present time and the present circumstances and what is going on around you, your faith will always be fragile. 
your faith will always be fragile. The foundation of faith, we've talked about that tonight, the foundation of your faith is found in a person, not in a circumstance. The foundation of my faith is found in Jesus Christ alone. The person that I put my trust in, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Faith has to be grounded in that. We have to base our faith in that. The fact of this, that he is who he says he is, and he will do what he has promised to do. He doesn't promise easy life. (laughs) Quite the contrary, if you read the scripture. In this world, you'll face persecution. In this world, you'll have tribulation. In this world, you'll have difficulty, struggle, All kinds of things happen to you. But there's a cool part of that too. He says, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Doesn't mean you won't go through it. But it means that you're never alone when you go through it. And it means there's something that you can anchor your life to. The quality of our faith, I want to make this, this statement here. The quality of our faith is not an issue with God. It's an issue with us. I'll qualify that statement here for just a minute. The quality of your faith is not God's problem. Where you are in your spiritual life today and in your walk with the Lord is not God's issue, it's yours. I come to realize this thought a long time ago. We have as much of God as we want in our life. Where you are on your spiritual journey is because that's how far you've wanted to go. Does that make sense? And if you're, whatever level that you're on, whatever spiritual level you're on in that journey toward him, however close that relationship is, it's because, not because he only wanted to keep you at that far. (laughs) It's because you've chosen to remain at that place. a neat thought. Much as God is what you want in your life. This um, leads me to this conversation, this thought process that most believers struggle with. We've talked about the, we've set the groundwork here for faith, but here's, I think, where most believers struggle, and that's the idea of sharing their faith. Sharing their faith. If you have an authentic relationship with Jesus, Isn't that something that you want to share with others? I remember when my my wife, I I can take you to the place, the time, the location, December 21st at 7 o'clock at night at the altar at the church. I asked her to marry me, and she said yes. That was like my moment. After she said yes, every person I knew I called. I called aunts and uncles. I called, obviously, mom and dad. I called my best friend. I called other. She said, yes, can you believe it? I was excited because I was getting ready to start a life together. That same excitement level should be that much and more so when we experience faith in Christ and what he's done for us. I stopped to think about that. Why am I so, why is it so hard 
for me to tell someone about the Lord? Why is it so hard for us to, to speak out about the Lord when, man, other things in our life, we are very quick to, boom, share. What are, what are the things that stop us? I, I think we talk about this idea of fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of saying the wrong thing, um, not having all the answers to the questions we might get asked. Um, we're doing a, a thing with our FCA leadership team that we just started today, and that's this idea of sharing with them the thought process of how do we share our faith? How do we witness? What does it look like to witness? Um, well, I think there's a couple things that we can go through tonight and kind of give you an overview. I want to pause and just say this. In about a few weeks, um, if you're, especially if you're struggling with this thought process, in a few weeks, Pastor Eric's going to be doing a Sunday school class. It's a several-week Sunday school class just on this thought process. The idea of sharing your faith, practical thoughts, different things that you can do. Um, I encourage you to plug into that. That's probably going to be about two or three weeks down the road, I would guess. It'll, we'll put it in the bullets in the week before it happens so that you can make plans to, to be in that. If, if you're free for Sunday school, I encourage you to go check it out now. Um, they have a great uh, Sunday school class down there. Um, really learning a lot. And, and the side thought process is this. If you're struggling with this, and, and there are some things that, we can, that we're going to talk about tonight, but tonight is going to be a quicker kind of overview, but he, he's going to get really in-depth with, with some of his thoughts about witnessing. Um, but tonight, I, I just want us to thought, how do we share our faith? How do we witness? I, I think the first thing that we, we have to look at is we're a witness by how we live. We're a witness by how we live. Um, Titus chapter 2 Paul is talking to Titus. This is Titus chapter 2, verse 13, verse 11, I'm sorry. Verse 11. Um, I love this passage of Scripture. It's part of my devos last week, and it just brought this to the surface uh, again in my life. It said this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. The grace of God teaches us to say no. The salvation of God teaches us. If we will continue to grow in him, we will learn the thought process to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Let me give you a, a little story. Last, um, last evening, um, I'm... I'm privileged to be able to uh, interview people in our area that are going for credentials and to talk to them and have a, a meeting with them. And in the context of the meeting, we talked about the idea of living Christianity. It's not just what you preach behind the pulpit. It's what you live every day that's, that's critical to your testimony. Because if, if I'm preaching one thing and living something else, I have destroyed my witness. I've destroyed that witness completely. That's what Paul's acknowledging to Titus here. He says, listen, you've got to say no to worldly passions and ungodliness. Why? Because if you don't, it will destroy what, you're trying, what God's trying to build through you. It will destroy the witness that you have in front of people. Um, 
we were we were in this conversation and and um, there was this idea that there was this preacher who who preached on Sunday morning and then went to work and man they cussed like a sailor. You know what that did? It ruins witnesses. Um, how does God teach us to say no? And then. I think he teaches us to say no by the, the fact that we have to be growing in him. We have to be learning his word and, and find out what he likes and what he doesn't like. I, I think we have to understand what his concepts and his commandments and his precepts and, and what it means to, to serve him and, and to grow daily. And as I grow daily, I've got to be able to say no. The Holy Spirit helps us to say no. You ever been to a place where, man, you were tempted with something and then it's just like, no. No. Have you ever had it screamed in your spirit? No. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks that to us. The question that we have to ask in this idea of witnessing by how we live is, is my lifestyle and character reflecting of the love that I have for Jesus? Or am I pretty much doing what I want, asking for forgiveness, and then not really worried about it? Because that's a mindset that we find today. I can live however I want. And we use the Lord as a get-out-of-hell-free card. That's not the way the Scripture teaches us to do. Saying one thing and living another, it ruins our witness from a lack of spiritual maturity and discipline. That is good. That is good. <laughs> Sinning is like sneezing. It feels good for a second, but creates a big mess. That's good. I said it again so it get on tape so everybody could hear it. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Um, I think the second thing when it comes to the idea of sharing our faith that I want to hit tonight is this. We've got to get to the place where we're comfortable talking about spiritual things. We've got to get to the place where we're comfortable talking about God things. Um, we can have conversations about just about anything under the sun, but have you noticed whenever you bring up a spiritual aspect to it, we are just like, ooh. You know, I've run into many Christians um, who are uncomfortable having God conversations with other Christians much less having those with non-believers. Um, the thought process is that I think, I, and I'm not even sure why this is, but the challenge for us in this is to be, I, I think I'm going to borrow a slogan from Nike. Just do it. I think that's the only way to kind of break through this is that you just start doing it. Having conversations with other believers, having conversations about non-believers, and you'll find that the more that you're growing in your walk with God, the more that you're doing the things we're going to talk about next week, the spiritual disciplines of, of prayer, devotion time, getting closer to God, the byproduct of that will be you, you just can't contain it. And you're going to want to share um, with folks about what God's done in your life. Um, let me... Let me just say this, um, a couple things. Number one, 
why are spiritual things so hard to discuss? I think in our society today, we are so scared to offend. We are so scared that, oh, if I share something about Jesus with you, I'm going to offend you, and then you're going to label me, you're going to distance yourself from me, you're going to, and in reality, um, I I had this conversation um, just this last week with my parents who are talking about different folks that are connected with our family that aren't believers. And, and being a Christian is not what I do, it's, it's who I am. And, and, and so the thought process of spiritual discussions and spiritual things, that should be a part of my everyday lifestyle. Um, that should be part of who I am is talking about the Lord. Let me just kind of interject this here too. If, if you're one of those folks that have a hard time talking to someone, let me just say this. There's going to come a time when living out your faith will, is great, and you should do that, and you should every day people should be able to see Jesus in you. But there's going to come a time, I think, when you're going to have to talk. There's going to have to come a time when we're going to have to share. And it can't just be me living out in front of you and as you're at the other table, me bowing my head for my lunch and, and me you know, doing the things that I would normally do in my life and you look at me. Those are positive things, but the idea is some point we're going to have to have a conversation. Sometime I'm going to have to share what God's done in my life. And I think for us the opportunity is... And, and I'm sure Pastor Eric will even talk about this in his Sunday school class in greater depth, but the idea of looking for opportunities to turn conversations toward God and into spiritual things. That doesn't mean you're weird about it, but it, it means that when you see an awesome opportunity just to interject something that God's done in your life, something, a testimony that you have, something that you can give to that person, the Holy Spirit prompts you, whatever the case is, man, you just are willing to do it. And you're willing to speak it. The, the thought process for me, too, is this. Um, one of the most powerful things that we, we possess is your testimony. And being able to share that testimony with someone, sharing what God's done for you, how you became a Christian, what your life was like before you accepted Christ, what it's like now, what God, the difference that God's made in your life, that is huge because it's your firsthand knowledge of what God has done for you. I would encourage you, if you have not either written out, I would encourage you to write it out because we're very forgetful until you can memorize it, but I would encourage you to write it out, a testimony of what God's done in your life. If you've not put that on paper, I challenge you to do that. Some of you go, well, I grew up in church. I've been in church my whole life. That's a testimony. Write it down, what God's done in you. Um, and then the, the thing that I... Um, often tell folks is be able to say it in about two minutes. Don't give them the, the two-hour version. You, you know, let me tell you what God's done with you. How much time you got? Sit down, get comfortable. Give them about two minutes. Boil it down to about a couple minutes of what, of what the life change of, of finding Jesus has meant to you. Um, that will be a huge asset to you as you talk to people about your, about your faith. But also let me give you some things, because now you're just like, okay, now what do I need to do to strengthen my witnessing efforts? What do I need to do to strengthen my witnessing efforts? Give me, let me give you, I've got six things here, and I'll go through them briefly. Um, number one is this. If you want to strengthen your witnessing efforts, you need to increase your prayer time and your devotion time. 
If you want to strengthen your witnessing efforts, you need to increase your prayer time and your devotion time. Um, Because the more that you pray and the more you read your word, the more you're going to grow in your walk with God. And the more that you grow in your walk with God, it's just a byproduct that those things happen naturally. It's kind of what we talked about earlier. The Holy Spirit will prompt you and those things will just flow out of you. So encourage you to do that. Number two, pray for opportunities. Pray for opportunities to share your faith. And as you're praying, pray for the boldness and the courage to follow through when the Holy Spirit prompts you with those opportunities. I'm sure every one of us in this room have had an opportunity in front of us and it has passed us by. And we look back at that and we're like, oh, mm, I missed it. I blew it. Or maybe we were afraid. We didn't take advantage of it. I encourage you. Pray that God will help you do that. Pray for courage and boldness to walk that through. I guarantee you'll, uh, you'll not be sorry for doing it. Number three is this. Don't let fear talk you out of it. Don't let fear talk you out of it. Because in that moment, you're going to be like, well, what if they, or what if this, or what if they say, or what if they ask? Don't let fear talk you out of it. If the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do it, God asks us to do one thing, to obey. To obey is better than sacrifice. To obey. Trust. This is that, that first verse we said, trust in the Lord. Submit your life. Submit your ways to him. Um, don't let fear talk you out of it. Number four. If you're going to strengthen your witnessing, you've got to build relationships with people. You've got to be able to build relationships. Now, I'm not talking about letting them in your inner circle. We're going to talk about that kind of thing, about choosing friends and healthy relationships and those that you allow in your inner circle. But at the same time, um, we've got to build relationships with folks. Most people come to Christ because they know someone who was a Christian and they've built a relationship with them and there's a trust level that's there. Don't isolate yourself. Build relationships. Um, Number five. Um, And and this is more of a practical thing. um, And I'm sure that, as as, again, I would encourage you to attend this Sunday school class, but look for conversation starters that might assist you in helping um, someone to to hear about the Lord. Let me just kind of give you a a couple of them um, that have worked um, for me. You ever been through McDonald's or Walmart or somewhere and they gave you too much change back? No? I'm the only one that happens to? Well, you can have, we're always quick to say, you didn't give me enough. But when we get it, um, I, I challenge you to let, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But when you get too much, it's not a blessing, it's an opportunity. <laughs> um, let me just kind of throw that out there. Um, if somebody gives you an extra five bucks in your change back from McDonald's, that's not a blessing. That's an opportunity for you to do the right thing and witness. Just throwing that out there. Um, and that would give you an opportunity to say, hey, listen, you know what? Um, before I was saved, before I met Christ, I might have taken this and ran. But I just want to be honest and give this back to you. It's not preaching a sermon. It's just letting them know, hey, you know what? This is the difference that Jesus has made in my life. Um, another opportunity would be if someone, when, when someone is hurting. What an awesome opportunity for you to just build that relationship and envelop them with prayer and, and go to them and just talk to them about um, the difference that God's made in your life. Um, because if there's one thing I know, hurt is no respecter of persons. It happens to all of us. 
And all of us have gone through things and, and has stuff in our life where we've experienced hurt and pain. And what God has helped you through, he may be using you to help somebody else through. And so be open to, to do that. Under, number six, this is the last one. Understand that the more it happens, the more comfortable you'll become. The more it happens, the more comfortable you'll become. The more you do it, the easier it will be. I know I'm not saying any of this is easy, but can I tell you something? We have what people need to hear. And how mean, despicable, selfish is it of us to keep it to ourselves and not share it with them? As we close in prayer tonight, I'm going to just, I'm going to say an overview prayer, but here's what I'd like for you to do. Maybe tonight, um, this is a, a struggle for you. Maybe witnessing is a struggle for you. I'm going to ask you to maybe pray some of those prayers as we close in prayer tonight. God, I pray that you would help open my eyes that I would see opportunities that the Holy Spirit's putting in front of me. Help me to hear you clearly. And help me to walk in boldness and courage as I, as we, as I move forward. Help me, God, to, to apply this to my life tonight and to, to share my faith with people. Maybe make that part of a personal prayer time tonight as I close. Father, tonight we are a people who, Lord, we just love you and, and we want to do and to give people the same thing that uh, that we have experienced ourselves, and that's you. It's eternal life. It's, it's hope. It's joy. It's love. It's peace. It's all of those things that, God, you've done in us. And God, tonight, I pray that you would help us. Give us opportunities, spirit-led opportunities. Give us uh, the desire, God, to, to, not, uh, to, to give our faith but not, and not to shrink from it, not to be in fearful of it. But God, being a Christian is not what I do. It's who we are. And so, God, I pray that we would um, have boldness and courage to step out and to share the things that you've done, not in a way that would repel people, because, Lord, you said if we would lift you up, you would attract people to yourself. And so, God, as we are witnesses of you, our job is to make you look attractive, is to lift you up and to acknowledge how awesome and how great you are and the difference that you've made in our life. God, we, we want to do that. And as we do that, you will attract people. Holy Spirit, that's your job. And we thank you for it, that you have drawn us to you, that you continue to draw us to the Lord and to the Father. We thank you that that is the responsibility that you take. And God, I pray that as we leave here tonight and we go to witness and to share our faith and to live out our authentic faith, God, in front of other people, I pray, God, that you would give us, God, just an anointing and a, and a spirit-led power that we would be able to see people's lives changed by you. None of us in this room have the power to save anybody. But God, it's only through you. When you were telling the disciples that they, before you left them, you only told them to go and teach and to make disciples. God, that's what you told them. That was their responsibility. God, nothing's changed from that time to this. The one who saves is the one who died on the cross. 
The one who saves is you. It's just our job. It's just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And so, God, I pray that you would help us tonight. Give us anointing and power and opportunities this week even to share our faith. We love you and we praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.